Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers postgame show. And believe it or not, the Steelers have started to stack wins. It might have been a week in between, but they've won two straight games. They won against the L.A. Chargers in week six, week seven bye week, and now a week eight Monday night win against the winless Miami Dolphins. It was ugly, like Lance's mask looks right now. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's crooked. <laughs> and I can't get it straight either. Oh, but, I, but, I, but I promise that the mask would come out if they got a victory. I can't promise <laughs> how long I'm going to keep this thing on, but I promise that I would put it on. So if you're not seeing this right now, shame on you. You should have tuned in to the top of the program. Let me just say that if you're listening to this in audio platform, it is worth going to youtube.com, search BTSE Steelers Radio, and just look at what... <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. Because <laughs> the mask is crooked. It looks awful. It looks I, can't, awful. <laughs> I can't even get it straight. Oh, and Halloween is coming up this week, so Very great. Very true, yeah. There you go. I can't even keep the thing straight. All right, so <laughs> we'll try to talk some football here. You know, the funny thing is, is that uh, with the Steelers and you brought up Halloween being scary and the mask and stuff, boy, what a scary start to this game it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they come out, Mason Rudolph's first pass is an interception. Uh, and then it almost seemed like in a blink of an eye, they're down 14 to nothing. Lance, you were sending me probably a million texts a minute during that time. You were ready to just find a bridge and jump off it did you finally calm yourself down yeah i finally calmed myself down boy this mask is hot um yeah i did i i, I did calm down and uh you know you just have to have faith that bad teams are going to figure out ways to lose and the miami dolphins are absolutely creative when it comes to doing that that was the worst defensive call i've seen in quite some time to end a half and they couldn't tackle the guy, and the game changed. Yeah, no, I, I I see what you're saying in terms of finding new ways. That zero coverage was certainly interesting, but at the same time, the Steelers made plays. Um, Deontay Johnson obviously had to still run after the catch and, and score that touchdown, but I thought in the second half especially, the Steelers came out and were just really playing good football. Um Clearly, Mason Rudolph started to settle in. We'll talk about his performance in a second. The defense really started to settle in. And the defense didn't give, give up another point as the final score was 27-14. to 14. So, Lance, what do you think, in your opinion, was the turning point of the game? Uh, was, it, was it first half, second half, whatnot? I think it was a play at the end of the half. I think once they got – and then that allowed them to get into a rhythm – and to get comfortable. And I think a lot of it is, you know, teams struggle coming off the bye week. I think what Tomlin said, Coach Tomlin said in his press conference, you know, playing professional football is difficult. You know, we think it's as easy as riding a bike for some of these guys, but, you know, you got to kind of get back into the rhythm of it. The coaching staff, the players, everybody have to start warming to the task of playing a professional football game again. And I think they were able to do that, assisted by uh, some injuries on Miami side with Xavier Howard going out and them finding a matchup that they liked against number 24, the cornerback, and, and them really controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, particularly in the second half. They warmed to the task. I think had they not been coming off of a bye week, they'd probably get to this a lot sooner. 
I agree. I agree. And I think that was a nice way to finish for fans because at look, if I was in, if I was at Heinz field, I probably would have been booing them too. In the first quarter, it was awful. Uh, especially offensively. They just looked out of sync. They couldn't do anything right. Mason Rudolph looked every bit the quarterback that not only was hadn't played in almost 20, I think it was 22 days is what they said. So over three weeks since he had last played, and he's coming off a concussion, you have to think that that big hit was kind of in the back of his head the entire time. I, I, I think they still are deserve to hear those boos coming down. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in his post-game press conference said, you know, hey, but we, we want him back. Absolutely you want him back because they started to take care of the football. Uh, they started to ter- convert on third downs. We'll talk about that. But Lance, just your knee-jerk reactions now. What is your knee-jerk reaction after this game? And really just three and four. They're three and four as the Colts come to town next week with a chance for them to get back to 500. It's interesting. It well, what I think is that every game is going to be a struggle when you have an inexperienced quarterback. Every game is going to be a struggle. So, you know, there are going to be definite ebbs and flows in games because the offense is going to be inconsistent because you have a rookie starter back there. So, you know, you're going to have to buckle up. I didn't do a good job of buckling up my emotions early in the game. I was sort of on an emotional roller coaster, but you're just going to have to buckle up, man, and just it's going to be a bumpy ride every game. There's going to be times where you just want to throw something at the TV because you got a rookie, essentially got a rookie playing quarterback, and that's just how it's going to be moving forward. I want to read this tweet. Um, see if I can find it here. Uh, it was by Will Graves, who is an uh, associated press writer. I love Will Pittsburgh. Graves. Yes. And he tweets and says, are we still benching Rudolph or was that just like a first quarter thing? Not every quarterback that comes in plays like a Hall of Famer from the second they start, like the guy who's had the job for 16 years. You've had a one percenter problem since 2004. This is how the other half lives. I thought that was a very fitting statement about the, I I think the expectations put on Mason Rudolph, as well as the fan response to just a little bit of struggle. Lance, you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, I I do to somewhat. Yes. To, To a certain extent. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, the guy, the previous guy, number seven, played great football to start. Um, um, you just want a little more consistency. Here's my, my struggle with Mason Rudolph is that, and, and I think one of the, the – Booger said a lot of interesting things that I did not necessarily understand or agree with. But uh, one of the things he said that I agreed with 100% is at some point in time, you're going to have to use the entirety of the football field on offense. And I think what you can see with Rudolph is that the coaching staff is still a bit uncomfortable with him throwing the football in between the numbers. Hence, you really don't see the seams being attacked and you don't see the tight end being utilized in the passing game. Um, So I, I think Graves is right. The fan base is just going to have to be patient this is what it's going to look like when you don't have a number seven. And it's hard to have a number seven coming down that pipeline. We can't be, you know, you can only hope to be as lucky as Green Bay. 
You're right. Now let me ask you this question. If if second half Mason Rudolph is kind of like will be the every day, every week Mason Rudolph, is that something that you'd sign up for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't say superstar, but I'd say serviceable, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I I'd say that'd be enough to build on. I still at some point I still want to see. We still have to they still have to get him to a point where he can check out of stuff. And let me give you an example. And Dave was pointing it out, and I saw it late in the game as well. When you go jumbo package, one right receiver, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, you know, Miami has essentially 58 people in the box. I mean, you have to be able to check out of that play. You've got to get into a better look because you know you're not. That play is not going to win. So I think what Steeler fans should be looking for in terms of Mason Rudolph's progression is, Checking out of plays, running no huddle, and executing two-minute offense. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Before we go any further, I do want to tell people that we have uh, well over 220 people in the live chat right now are watching this live. The best thing you can do to help us out and people that want to give us their hard-earned money um, you know, in, in the Super Chat feature, which you can do right below on the comment by the comment bar there below. Um the best thing you can do is like this video and subscribe to our channel, period. Uh, liking videos helps promote our videos amongst all the other Steeler videos, and it doesn't take anything. Just go find the thumbs up, hit the thumbs up button, and then subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get 5,000 subscribers by the end of the season. We're already almost to 4,200. I think we're at 4,190. So you all have responded. We appreciate that, but still, thumbs up. Really helps us out, especially for Lance's mask. You gotta love the mask. I mean, you have to love the mask. You have to love it. I mean, this is. <laughs> I mean, come on, you gotta like the mask. Still mascaris. So, um, someone awesome stuff. Nineteen eighty three. He said, "I'll put it up here." He says, "Better see a number two on you next week, Jeff." Um, I, I don't have a Mason Rudolph jersey, and as of week six. The what I'm wearing right now is what they won in. They won again. I am not changing a thing. I didn't get out my Color Rush Roethlisberger jersey tonight. I wore the same exact thing as I wore in week six. So in week nine, I'll be wearing the same exact thing. I'm superstitious like that. That's just how it rolls. Hey, Jeff, man, we've been talking so much about wrestling and stuff on the last few shows. When I saw Ben Roethlisberger with the right arm cast, I just thought of wrestling like he was going to clothesline somebody, come <laughs> off the top rope, hit him with an elbow with the cast on. I was just thinking of 80s wrestling, like he had it loaded. And he was going to rip that thing off, run on the field and start slinging the ball around or something. Like back when they used to go underneath the mat and pull out chairs and all that stuff. Exactly. He was going to pull out an elbow ligament, jump on the field, and throw for 400 yards or something. All right. So we have a couple. We have a question here. This is uh, from CBCBCB. He gives a dollar ninety nine in the tip chart. We appreciate that. He says, can Fitz, meaning Minka Fitzpatrick, who had two interceptions, be a Troy type? I'm going to preface this before I go with you, Lance, that they play different positions. But go ahead and answer that, Lance. What do you think? No. You just got to accept that Troy Palomalu types are, you know, kind of like once-in-a-generation type guys. You know, like a strong safety to be able to play, you know, sideline to sideline like Troy, his ability to cover, blitz, tackle, 
and run crazily after interceptions, jump over piles. Tack- I mean, Troy is just that dude. I mean, th- Troy is one of the best Steelers of all time. I think Minka Fitzpatrick can be a very good player. Putting him in the same breath as Troy Palomalu might be unfair to him. Troy is just that dude, first ballot Hall of Famer guy. I mean, Troy is just that guy. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see a, 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 a Troy again. He's a generational talent. That was the word you were thinking for. Absolutely, he's a generational talent, and and honestly, you don't. I don't. He doesn't have to be Troy Polamalu. If he's just the best Minka Fitzpatrick, it's already an upgrade over Sean Davis. <laughs> I mean, the guy got two picks. I mean, I mean, the one thing I think that should be, you know, something that listeners should recognize is look at the turnover total since Minka Fitzpatrick has been on the football field. I mean, it's just, yeah. X. I mean, they get turnovers in a bunch um, every game. And I don't know if I'm correct. Dave's probably sleep, but I think with the, uh, what, four turnovers tonight, they've surpassed mm-hmm. their season total from last year. Well, they had the season total last year after the, the Chargers game. So there you go. They're just adding on to that. And Rod, Rod Young brings up something that people need to remember. And that is that Minka Fitzpatrick is still very young. He's still only a second year player. Um, people forget that Troy Palomalo is a rookie. Um, you know, as as a rookie, he didn't zero do zero snaps. Yeah, yeah he shoot, yeah. And it was his second year that he started to kind of show. Well, Minkus Fitzpatrick wasn't in the Steelers system even in week one, let alone having a full year under his belt. So they give him some time. I th- hey, he has three interceptions on the season. He takes the lead away from Devin Bush at the I interception mean, mark. So how about go. this question? I might pose it to you, Jeff, and post to the live chat as well. Minka, what about TJ Watt? Can TJ Watt be as good as Debo? Well, Brian Anthony Davis has the numbers down to a T, and I'll have to have him bring this up on our at least our Steelers. I can't remember he said, but basically, if he stays on this trajectory, TJ Watt's current trajectory, he'll shatter James Harrison's uh, franchise sack mark. Um, he certainly is coming on earlier in his career. But like I've said before, I mean, he he seems to do something different every single game. I mean, he got the Holy Trinity today, Jeff. I mean, he got a sack, a strip, and a recovery. All on, the on same, one play. All on one play. <laughs> and it looked like he pinned the guy, you know, like they do in wrestling. He looked like he pinned Fitzpatrick as well because he reached over him like he was in a reverse bridge. And I thought that the referee was going to tap the, tap the grass and go pin match over maybe well speaking of tj a vodka drinker puts five dollars in the tip jar appreciate that he says i laughed hard when i saw dupree absolutely destroy that offensive tackle hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline Bud the Dud is not being Bud the Dud, and I'm not sure what to say about him, but he's playing good football, don't you don't you think? You might have to put some respect on his name. Just oh, like <laughs> just like you might have to put some respect on that other guy's name that plays for the Steelers. Special teams. Jordan Berry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not that, well, we'll see. 
Okay. <laughs> Dud looks like a guy that is playing for money. And Absolutely. Here's the thing. It, it's a tough evaluation. You, I think if you're the Steelers and you think of Bud Dupree, your evaluation, you can't allow your evaluation of the player to be um, overly tipped in one way or another by what he does this year. You have to evaluate him over the course of five years, and does it make sense? You cannot, you cannot let this year supersede the previous four. You have it has to be a complete book when they make the evaluation. I think someone asked me on a program a couple days ago if I would resign him, and I said no. You know, I said no. I think you know, had he done this last year and this year, I'd say yes. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have some tough decisions this off season in general. Uh, you know, we talked about players like Hargrave, and obviously Dupree falls in that category. So we'll see. With another tip jar donation, dollar ninety nine from CBCBCB. <laughs> he says, "Have you ever seen Pouncey get bulldozed like that?" Pouncey's quite a not, few times. Quite a few times, actually. Pouncey's not having a great year, in my opinion. No, um, not really. He's never been that center that's going to dominate at the point of attack, but his athleticism is what's made him great. Um, but even just in week six against the Chargers, uh, you think about all those bad snaps to, to duck. Uh, it was just it was just strange, just strange. He's a little light in the tail feather. When you put guys on his nose, when you could put guys on his head playing zero technique, you know, he, he has some issues. He's not the most stout, like Jeff was saying, at the point of contact, and he can be moved. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Pounce is the guy that he was, but I still think he's solid, and they work well as a unit. My only concern uh, with that unit is with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Man, I was glad to see Rudolph move a little bit in the pocket, man, in the second half, because in the first half, he, he was in the same exact spot every single drop. I was like, gee, my knees. These guys are like, can you move a little bit and assist us just a bit and, and display just a touch of pocket mobility? Help yeah. us out here. Nick, uh, Nicholas Gabriel puts $2 in the tip chart. He says, this defense is real and real young. Now, you did a show all about this, Lance, and you said that they are on the cusp, essentially, of being great. Do you still see that being true to form? Do you think they took a step forward today? Because let's let's remember that one turnover obviously was gave the gave the Dolphins some great field position. What are your thoughts? They're on the cusp. I mean, the one thing that they have to clean up um, is something that we saw in this game. They give up some bad third longs. Oh man, it's it's every I mean, game. It's every I mean, it's game. Every it's game. They. Game. I mean, you know, we. I pointed that out in my show. You know, they clean that up. They have a potential of being a dominant defense. But man, they give up some third and fourteen, some third and tens, some third and twelves. But it all washes in the rinse when you look at the stats. And I don't know if we're going to jump into those, Jeff. But uh, you know. When you hold a team to three of eight on third down, it doesn't look as bad. But I swear, I think three of those third down conversions were from uh, 10 yards plus. So, you know, they've got to clean that up. You know, you've got, you've got to clean up those third and longs. And it'd be interesting to see as I'm uh, Jeff's, uh, I mean, Dave's de facto 
uh, producer for the Stat Geek, Dave, if you listen to this show back, uh, can we take a look at uh, the Steelers' defense third down and long conversion percentage? What is it, and where does it rank in the National Football League? And if you check out the Stat Geek show tomorrow, I'm sure Dave Schofield will have that number for you. Uh, he probably will. Here's two dollars from Snowman. He says uh, James Conner has an AC joint injury. How is Foster? Yes. So let's update all the injuries while we're at it. Um, Ramon Foster left with a concussion. He was diagnosed with a concussion. Therefore, he is now in the uh, NFL's concussion protocol. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. He had a knee injury. Did not return. Uh, Marquise Pounce. He had a calf. Um, uh, let's see here. The James Conner had a shoulder. Uh, they're they're going to evaluate him, and there's one other player I'm trying to think of that left the game. Um, I'll bring up the article here in a second, but those are basically the big injuries. Uh, the biggest, in my opinion, other than the offensive line, is the fact that it depth at running back. You know, now you're looking at if if James Conner has to miss a game and Benny Snell's a knee, you better hope Jalen Samuels is healthy. He practiced fully this week, but we'll see. Um, well, listeners, if Jeff is not hosting the show, Jeff's toting that thing next week. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay. Oh, I want to, to ask you real quick, Jeff. You saw Ben's beard. Uh, looking at the beard and the growth and his face shape, plus or minus pounds Ben has put on since he's been hurt. Yeah, honestly, like the, some people's beard games I don't get. Um, the neck beard is never a good look on anybody. No. <laughs> no, when you have the full on neck beard, it just, it just makes it look worse. Um, so I think that, uh, I'm going to say plus five. I think he's still okay for now. The jacket makes it look bad. I'll say plus five. Okay. I'm going to say plus 10. <laughs> uh, some people are saying plus 15. Mr. and Mrs. Steeler said 40. Holy jeez. Oh, whoa. He is hibernating. He's getting, he is putting on that extra layer for winter. It's, just start, it's about to get cold in Pittsburgh. That's Especially, true. you can't look like that, too, when you've got like 100 million in the bank. You should look well coiffed at all times. I think when you have 100 million in the bank, it doesn't matter what you look like. That's what I would think. I guess that's the case because <laughs> he, he doesn't care. He's cool because Kiesel had it like. You know, really nicely groomed keys. It was part of Keys's image. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let's look at some stats here, Lance. We always like to look at stats. Well, let's look at some individual stats first. James Conner, huge winner in my opinion, even though he did leave the game with that shoulder injury. Twenty-three carries, one hundred and forty-five yards, one touchdown. Lance, thoughts on James Conner's performance, or we can also talk about the offensive line in regards to running the football. Yes, kudos to the offensive line and kudos to James Conner. I mean, I did I I didn't necessarily think that the Steelers would have a 100-yard rusher this season. I mean, at this point and I was reading an article by Ed Bouchette from the Athletic, they were historically bad for the franchise as a running team. And you know, James Conner was averaging maybe about 3.2 yards per carry, so it was great to see him get off the snide. 23 carries, 145 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. They run for 158 as a team and average 5.5 yards uh, per carry. Excellent. But again, with James Conner, you know, they're going to have to get a running back at some point. And I don't think Beanie Snell is, is the guy. Uh, no lateral quickness, no juice, no burst. Uh, 
snail uh, football. <laughs> Benny, no Jets. Uh, Connor's, <laughs> Connor's, Connor's, uh, Connor just can't stay healthy. So I don't, I don't know if he's the, the long-term solution because you just kind of knew, man. He got nicked late. And, you know, you're like, man, he's going to get hurt again. Jeez, there it is. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's just all about his longevity and his health. And we'll see. You know, maybe short jeopardy. Short jeopardy. <laughs> very true. Maybe he won't. Maybe, you know, maybe his injury won't be the significant kind and he'll be able to come back. Uh, we'll see. Tom can Little we, meet Tom Little meet with the media tomorrow, so we'll know more about it. Can then. we can we trademark that phrase? We got all these witnesses on the live chat. Shortgevity. That that's that, <laughs> that, that that is that is a Jeff, a Lance and Jeff trademark phrase. Shortgevity. There you go. All right, let's go to Mason Rudolph. Finishes twenty for thirty six, two fifty one, two touchdowns, one interception, an eighty four point four rating. Grading out. Think about Mason Rudolph, Lance. Have what are your thoughts on him? You know, F first half, uh, probably a B plus A second half overall. You know, a C plus. He was as bad as you could get in the first half. I mean, it was just really awful. He couldn't see the field clearly. He wasn't processing things. It looked like quickly. He looked really bad in the first half. I thought he got into a rhythm rebounded. I think that play at the end of the half really got him into a rhythm. Um, and then he closed the game out. I mean, winning correct. That's what it is. He's a young player. And I think they have to gradually continue to expand his plate so you can see what the guy can do. They have to be able to evaluate the player by the end of the year so they can know if he's the guy or not. But you win incorrect. So, you know, get better each week. Yeah, I didn't I just would say that maybe the first quarter is where he would have an F grade. But I think that after that, he kind of started to get find to get in rhythm again. And he started completing some passes over the middle, which you said that they were struggling to do with earlier or struggling to do earlier in the game. Uh, not everything was outside the numbers and stuff like that. So. Jeff, did you see? I, I, I don't know how to signal you, but I'm looking at a name of a guy in the live chat. Oh, that has please. to be one of the most inappropriate names ever. I'm not going to say it, but I'm sure you'll say it. I, I, that just struck me, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, yeah. Okay, um, let's go to some receiving stats. Juju Smith-Schuster, nine targets, five receptions, 103, and a touchdown. I really felt like if James Conner needed this performance the most, then Juju Smith-Schuster needed this just as much, and it was like 1A and 1B. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right, and I, I, I thought they were going to hammer the Dolphins, but I'm still surprised that they're going to come out with a 250-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, and a 100-yard receiver. You know, I didn't think I'd see all of that in this particular game, but yes, Juju needs to eat, and uh, he was playing with a precociousness like, finally, I'm getting some targets, and I can eat. Yeah, it's it's definitely a situation where I didn't think that they forced the ball to him. To me, uh, you might disagree, Lance, but I felt that Mason Rudolph he, he kind of spread the ball around, and he when he got Mason when he got Juju, especially in the slot one on one, they were able to really take advantage of those defensive backs. So Juju Smith Schuster finishes with a big game. I was happy to see that. I think that absolutely he was, um, you know, 
starting to kind of get into a groove with a quarterback. It's got to be tough on the receiving core, considering the fact that they've gone from Ben Roethlisberger to Mason Rudolph to Devlin Hodges, now back to Mason Rudolph. So I, I think it was very good to see him bounce back. And then De, uh, Deontay Johnson, seven targets, five receptions, 84 yards, one touchdown, 45 was his longest. Do you think that he might be he might be coming that second wide receiver the team needs so bad? Uh, not necessarily, but I think he's he's progressing. I mean, I like the way Tomlin described him. Um, you know, he's he's a player on the come. Um, he's a guy that they just need to get better every week. And Mason Rudolph missed that shot play late in the game to him, or Mason Rudolph would have uh, probably been over 300 yards, according to your prediction. You know, Mason yeah. Rudolph has to hit that play there. So, you know, I, 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 it's hard to really evaluate wide receivers when you're playing with a quarterback this inexperienced. So, you know, this is almost like a red shirt year for him, but it's a year in which he's getting valuable snaps. And, and I think I like what I see so far. Would, you know, do I want them to go out and get another established NFL wide receiver to pair with Juju and then Deontay Johnson in Washington be the number three and four, four and three receivers? Absolutely. But speaking of James Washington, let's not forget the fact that those two blocks to get Deontay Johnson into the end zone were outstanding. So I want to give him a big shout out. He got two critical blocks um, late in that run to get him in the end zone. I think that was a fantastic play by him. The block on the touchdown, boy, he lit that guy up. And the guy yes, saw and the guy saw it coming too. It wasn't like it was a blindside block. It was a legit block. I want to take a quick aside here and and just say something that a lot of people are bringing up players like, "Oh, should the Steelers trade Johnny Holton or should the Steelers trade Ryan Switzer or should they trade Dante Moncrief?" Okay, let me say something quickly because the trade deadline's coming up. 29th. Yes. It's, well, now it's today. Because yeah. <laughs> on the East Coast, it's today. I think 4 um, p.m. Eastern Standard. Yeah. Do you really think, if you're someone that sat there and thought today, maybe we could trade Ryan Switzer for like a uh, draft pick, who is going to want Ryan Switzer? A bag of nickels. No one. Oh, maybe we could trade Dante Moncrief. Is there a demand for receivers that can't catch the ball in the NFL now? Yes. No. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a. I, I get the. I get that you don't want to give up a commodity to get a commodity. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, we'll trade Artie Burns for a pick. Why? Who's going to want Artie Burns and give up anything of note for him? I. I just. There is a demand for fat podcasters that wear masks. Really? Yes, there is. That's interesting. Trade deadline. <laughs> Big Swa doing Bungles podcast. <laughs> Bungles podcast. Okay. Um, so just want to say that when, when people think about like, oh, let's they should trade this guy, that guy, whatever. Anthony Chicolo. Yeah. Maybe we can wrap Chicolo in for a second rounder. <laughs> he just has to get off the exempt list. Just bring a little bit of reality to the situation, folks, is all I'm suggesting. All right, so let's go to the defensive side of the ball. I want to get your thoughts on Joe Hayden because I thought they targeted him a lot. He finished the game with seven tackles, only one assisted, and he uh, didn't, I don't know, he just seemed like they were playing off a ton, especially early in the game. Lance, your thoughts on the secondary and or Joe Hayden in particular? I think Joe Hayden has to take it personally. 
when when a young player when he is the target of a young wide receiver that has accomplished nothing in a National Football League, it almost appeared as if Joe Hayden was a tackle the catch guy. From a logical standpoint, it makes sense. Look, we're not going to give up any big plays. We'll just keep it in front. This offense is pretty punchless. If we keep it in front, they can't matriculate the ball down the field and score. But, man, it looked it looked like he was the candy bar. And you can't be the candy bar. You can't be the Snickers or the Twix or the Payday for a no-name rookie wide receiver on a 0-16. and 16. That's got to improve. I just want to ask you a quick question. It's nothing to do with football because you just brought up a bunch of candy bars and Halloween is Thursday. So Lance, if you were to pick one kid size candy bar, what's your favorite one? Reese's baby Reese's cups. Okay. Reese cup. There you go. No crunchy, no crunchy Reese's cup, no dark chocolate Reese's. I like my Reese's straight from the factory. You can get them during Christmas and it, oh man, the peanut butter is just so great. I can't even really eat Reese's out of a store. Once you get the factory fresh Reese's, boy, put those suckers in the refrigerator, get them ice cold with a glass of milk. Why'd you start me, Jeff? Now I want a Reese's, man. Now I want a Reese's and it's late and I can't get one. <laughs> For me, it's always been Snickers. I've always loved Snickers. Those are those are the best. You don't eat me. Snickers, Jeff. You too healthy. No, I don't. I don't. But at the same time, see, I, see, <laughs> it, you should have said it always was Snickers. Yeah, I should. I should. I should have said was. Yeah. You know, knowing your house, y'all make candy bars, and somehow we, we make don't them make. No, we don't make candy bars. Don't make candy bars. So, y'all okay. make healthy snacks. What y'all? What actually? This just opens it up for me to ask. You know. <laughs> What y'all? Your you, kids eat candy for Halloween? Like you give them? We one let them. We let them have a couple, and then we typically do a trade in uh, for different things. They can trade it in for stuff. So for what? Uh, candy? Be, no. Uh, a lot of times it's for activities. You know, if they want to, if they want to do something, we've taken them to the movies. We've taken them bowling. I'd rather well, pay for cool. that stuff. Than, well, that's uh, cool. I, I give you a Snickers for a movie <laughs> and some bowling. That that's an upgrade. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because the Snickers is like you know a buck twenty five. Movies, popcorn is like half a mortgage payment because you uh, know it's yeah. like it's ten of y'all. So you know it's that's you know that's that's two weeks pay trying to go to the movies with a family of ten. <laughs> no, no, not ten, not ten. So, <laughs> all right. So back to the game. Sorry for that quick sidebar for those who are listening. Let's talk about some other defensive players here. Devin Bush, six tackles. Uh, not really anything notable. Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, those two interceptions. Um, I thought Mike Hilton's fumble and recovered by Steven Nelson was a huge play in the game. But you brought him up. The other defensive player, other than Fitzpatrick, that's worth noting is TJ Waddy. Finishes with. Uh, three tackles. He has two sacks, um, and just a really, really good game. I feel like he's getting more disciplined in his pass rush. Sometimes he, we get pushed up the arc. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about his overall game and how it's evolving? Anything that you didn't say earlier? Don't leave out the three quarterback hits, the two forced fumbles, and the fumble recovery. I mean, let's not cheat the man. Well, I mean, my gosh, it seemed like every time Fitzpatrick dropped back to pass, he was getting hit. You know what he looks like, and Booger brought it up. He looks like a guy 
that had older brothers play in the National Football League. He is a sophisticated young pass rusher. I mean, where he works on his craft, he's coming to the NFL with the seriousness about being a pro, having two older brothers that are pros. I think I think the brother in San Diego is older as well. I think he's the, the, the youngest of the three. I mean, that that's how it should be. I mean, his brothers work hard. They've instilled that work ethic in him. And when you have three brothers in the National Football League simultaneously, you're talented as all get out in that household. And genetically, they got something cooking in that household as well. So he's talented. He works hard. He gets it. Can they open up the checkbook and just pay that guy right now? I think they can because this this is after his third season. So they can pay him. They can extend him after this third year, and they need to open up the paybook and pay that man. Well, the, the, he would be the first. He might be the first defender that they do that to. You've seen it done recently with quarterbacks and Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, also got contracts. Uh, they they were first round draft picks, so they had that extra year. And so what teams are doing is they're basically just giving them an extension, uh, big signing bonus, guaranteed money involved, and they're just keeping them on their current deal, but giving them extra years after. Uh, so they, they could absolutely do that. Uh, I'm not sure if they will. Is that some of the Steelers MO, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if they did. Well, well, the Steelers MO, it, they've torpedoed their MO. <laughs> so true. Very true. I mean, so pay that man. That man's absolutely. a baller. He's a baller. That's what you want. That, that, that's what your first round draft picks need to be. TJ, that, that's how you get good in a hurry. When you hit on those dudes and they become the dudes, yeah. he's one of them dudes right now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Michael, Michael brings up a good point. Uh, Michael tool. And I put it up on the screen there. How about 27 unanswered points? And that's a kudos to the defense there. And what were your thoughts on, I'm going to just say officiating in general, but really so, that offensive pass interference on Deontay Johnson was, I thought, extremely soft. And then when Mike Tomlin finally wins a challenge, it seemingly takes 30 minutes for them to get this the, the play rolling again. It, I just thought it was awful. Lance, what were your thoughts on all that? Well, the pass interference was ridiculous, but let me defend the officials when it comes to Tom and winning a challenge when you've lost like 13 consecutive challenges, it should take like 30 minutes to get it right because they can't believe that you absolutely, you actually got one, right? So I'm going to defend the officials on that because Tomlin is so bad on challenges. They had, they were saying to themselves, he couldn't have got this right. Let's look at this like seven times. <laughs> There's no way that he got this right. You know, that man didn't lost like 13 straight challenges. He's terrible. Let's look at this like 50 more times for another half hour. And, you know, I text you, Jeff. I was just thinking like, man, Jeff, you know, if they t- if they take much longer on these challenges, I'm going to get like 30 yawns in the show. See, I mean, seriously, if, if it weren't for that one end of the third quarter where they was the third quarter was over then it wasn't then it was a it was a crazy sequence but here we are and it's 12 45 on the east coast and i'm just like man i wish that would have happened quicker but still we're gonna press on i thought that that i thought that the worst it i don't think that defense that offensive pass interference is going to get a lot of talk because that same drive was when deontay johnson had the touchdown run so I, I'm not sure how that's going to be handled, but I'm sure Mike Tomlin will be asked about it tomorrow at his 
weekly press conference. Um, any of the players come to mind? Uh, Chris Boswell missed his first field goal, albeit a 54-yarder. Um, what did you think about that decision? I thought that was a terrible decision to go for the field goal there. I thought they should have punted. Yeah, I thought that was bad. I would have punted or just gone for it. Uh, Chris Boswell, even in 2017, in his uh, – all pro year or whatever he had that year, definitely pro bowl. He's never had a big leg. He's never been that guy that can hammer a, a 52, 53, obviously he's a 54 yarder today. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't, I wasn't crazy about the decision. It gave them really good field position. It is what it is, but uh, still anyone else pop off the screen to you, Lance, that we haven't talked about. No, I mean, Oh, Rosie Nix. I, I think Rosie Nix. I think Rosie Nix. Um, definitely made his presence felt um, in the interior running game. Um, I thought he was a physical presence in there, banging around. So I think Rosie Nix definitely, um, you know, made his presence felt. The thing with Mason Rudolph, you know, I, I'm going to give Mason Rudolph my stamp when I see them being able to target tight ends and get tight ends incorporated in between the numbers and the seams in the passing game. I'm, I'm trying to look at the game book and see how many targets tight ends got. Uh, Vance got one target and Vanette got one target. I mean, you have to target tight ends more than two times. They had one catch for 14 yards on the game. I mean, that 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 has to improve because you get a little depend you 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 get a little predictable um, in, in terms of you know how you're playing offense. I'm laughing at you, Jeff. <laughs> no, you're you're right. It's it, uh, it's late. It's late. It's really late. Okay. <laughs> if you're if you're on YouTube, the struggle is real. I appreciate Jeff staying up this late. You guys should appreciate Jeff staying up this late as well. This is a labor of love. So look, if if you're on the live chat, please hit the like button. I mean, Jeff works hard. It's almost one o'clock on the East Coast. We appreciate you guys for being on as well. You know, hit the you know hit hit the like button. Uh, you know, appreciate what this man brings to the program and what he does every day. Because <laughs> it's late. I don't know if I would be on if it were twelve forty-five, and I definitely wouldn't be coherent. Hey, you know, it's a job. I get paid to do my job. I just try to stay awake to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness. Um Oh, love King Cranston. We're all staying up late. It's not like he has six kids or anything. <laughs> and has to leave really early for work in the morning. So there you go. Um you bring up a good point about the tight ends, but don't you also think the fact that the tight ends are going to be used to block more because the offensive line has not been that stellar this year? Something's got to get right, though. I mean, they got to block know. better or something. I mean, you can't. I mean, you just can't. No, but I'm just thinking, how often are tight ends being asked to actually run uh, routes that are, you know, uh, Vance McDonald did more today than I've seen in the past with Mason Rudolph or someone else a quarterback. I mean, it's, it's just got to get better. I mean, you can't eliminate a, a a guy that can stretch you vertically in the seams like Vance McDonald because. You can't block. They've got to get better. Unfortunate for them, I think, on a short week, I think it'll be tough for Foster to come back. Uh, but we'll wait and see on the concussion protocol stuff. But uh, I don't mind B.J. Finney playing in there. I think he's mm -hmm. just as strong, uh, probably more athletic. Um, and, and I feel comfortable with Finney playing guard in there. 
All right, this is a tough question. I think this might be a good one to end on here. And the question is, next week, and now we can look ahead to next week, outside of the Pittsburgh game, the Sunday night game is the Patriots and the Ravens. Do you root for the Patriots in that game, Lance? I mean... You you can never root for the Ravens. But so, yes, absolutely. The Patriots need to win. The Patriots aren't in the Steelers' viewpoint at this point. Steelers had their opportunity to play them. They got smashed. They got humbled, got beat 33-3. to It is what it is. They need to, They need them to beat the, the Ravens so, so the Steelers can get closer in the standings. Th- that That's it. You can never root for the Ravens, ever. I found myself watching the game against the Browns on Sunday with the Patriots, and I was like, you know what? I don't even care about the Patriots anymore. They're probably going to – they'll. I think they'll lose the game. They'll, they'll trip up and lose. Like, they, like the game that they lost to Miami last year, that last-second play. Their, off, their offense stinks. Their offense is not good. People don't want to say that about Tom Brady because they think he walks on water and all that stuff, but – their offense is not that good. But anyway, go ahead, Jeff. Right. So, but still, I was like, you know what? If, if As a Steeler fan, you root against them because you hate them. But other than that, who cares what the Patriots do? At this point, like you said, they're not even on the Steelers' radar. The Steelers should be looking at really just themselves. I don't even want to look ahead to anything until this team gets to 500. Whether you're it's right. This, I mean, you're right. This week or whether it's next week, I'll always be looking at what everyone else is doing because I'm someone that does look ahead. You know, Dave Schofield did a an article about how it's not smart to look ahead. I was like, shoot, what else do fans have to do? Go ahead and look ahead. Enjoy it. Should yeah. you hope that you don't get eliminated from playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, one of the, one of the listeners in the live chat said, you know, will they contain Lamar? Lamar is a freak show. I don't think there is containing Lamar. Nah, uh, Steelers did in the second half of that game in Heinz Field. They did, but Lamar got, you know, Lamar gonna get you some. He's it, gonna it, get his. He'll get his. Know, he, he gonna always get his with with, with with the legs for sure. But no, you know, Steelers got to get back in the division. I mean, they're gonna hands they're gonna have their hands full dealing with that Colts running game on a short week. So focus on that. Well, but I will say this, that it's going to be an interesting situation um, with the fact that the Steelers play at 1 o'clock, Ravens play at Sunday night. If the Steelers can beat the Colts at 1, they'll be 4-4. Four and four. Then all of a sudden, if the Ravens trip up, they're 5-3, and three, right? They'll be 5-3, and three, yes? Yes, yes, they will. And, and Jacob Pereira had the perfect answer. Cheering for the Pats win and a minor injury for Brady, like a stub toe or that thing where the skin on the side of your nail rips off and it hurts disproportionately. <laughs> that might be the live tweet of the year. <laughs> that is great. That 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 is an appropriate tweet. I want you to get sort of hurt, not too hurt, and, you know, get the win. That, that that was perfect. <laughs> that is good. Denise uh, puts a dollar ninety nine. Says just for just staying up late. We love you. Thank you. Love you guys too. Honestly, if I didn't enjoy doing this, I wouldn't be doing it. Period. I would part tell- of me wearing a mask was I knew Jeff was going to be sleepy, so I figured the mask could 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 perk him up too. <laughs> it just made me laugh at the beginning. That's all. <laughs> now it's like normal. Uh, he has gold stripes on his face there you go uh i guess that's twenty dollars from tyler uh i think You're so that's... man tyler you gotta ask a question for 20 bucks you need, to ask, <laughs> you need to ask like 10 questions man that's like when you just leave a 20 for the bartender and the bartender's Shit. like well dang 
Dang, man. Dang. Hey. Kathy hey. gives us two bucks. Good rap. Love it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Michael always seems to be keeping a count of our likes and stuff. He said, uh, got 339 people watching and only 57 likes is not acceptable. I love it. He's like, tell him, Mike. Get on him, Mike. Hey, Mike, we need you to chime in every week. We need a like campaign for sure. Yeah, no, it, I, I, it's it's tough for people to understand like the, the YouTube algorithm. It, the more people like your videos, they gets promoted in search engine stuff. So when people search Steelers show, Steelers video, we would be up there higher with more likes. So there you go. Let me read what Tyler wrote, though. He said, new to the pod. Oh, man, you guys are flying through this. There you go. New to the podcast. Been reading for a few years now. Big thank you all BTSC contributors. Learned a lot, especially in-depth breakdowns from uh, Flip DTH. Uh, that stands for it's Flip Fisher, Drop the Hammer, and Cliff Harris is still a punk. That's the uh, ah, writer's name. Go. Yeah, there you go. I name a few, and people See, like. You know, I only read a couple of articles every two weeks, so. You are the Brian Davis to the website. Like, <laughs> Brian Davis does not listen to any other podcast other than his own. You don't read any articles at all. I read the film guy. I, I do. I do follow. I do read his stuff. <laughs> Tyler says. Also, sorry for pot shots about your kids. <laughs> Mostly. Oh goodness. I will say this. You all are awesome. And it is I had I got approached by uh my superior in terms of the podcasting line of SB Nation and and he was I, I kind of got the hint that he was thinking like, do we really need you all to still be on YouTube? I think they wanted us to go more towards like traditional podcasting, uh, record it somewhere and then move it over here. And I said, you know what? No, we got it, we have to be on YouTube. I said we have all of our shows on YouTube. Um, yes, we are monetized on YouTube as Lance just gave the money sign. <laughs> but at the same time, I said, we have a really good following on YouTube. You know, our, uh, Lance, when was it? It was like last year at this time we were talking about, we just need to get to like 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, man. Just yeah, get to 1,000 subscribers. Yeah. Like we, 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 you know, it's like we went out and went to Golden Corral or something. <laughs> we got to a thousand. He's like, well, let's go get some fried shrimp at the Golden Corral at the buffet. Yeah. Get the fried. Well, I got fried shrimp. Jeff got veggies with with uh <laughs> With salt and pepper. But anyways, anyways, I told him I was like, now nah, I, I the, the the people that come into the live chat every single show, every single week, they're they're really awesome people, and you get kind of get to know them, and basically, you know, so. Um, and so Antonio Brown, who's currently unemployed, he says, wait, was the Mason Jersey purchased yet? No, I have not purchased the Jersey yet. Um, he tripping, he hey. tripping. you, you better purchase that Jersey, man. You need to purchase that Jersey at least by Christmas. If we get to 5,000, five, 6,000, man, you need to, you need to put that Mason on, man. If you and all, if you all get us to 5,000, I will before Christmas. If you give me before Christmas, I'll call up Brian Davis and have him get one that fell off the boat to China and I'll wear a Mason Rudolph. Shirt. As long as you're not wearing a dude's pants. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just the BJ Finney pants, which, by the way, if in case because it's the end of the show now, in case if you didn't get to see it, Dave Schofield went live. He was at the game tonight, by the way. Um, he was there live at Heinz Field. He did a quick little. 
I think it was about a 10 minute, maybe not that long, maybe it'll be like five minutes. He found some fans to do some predictions and stuff like that. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see that. Is it I, on YouTube? It, it is. It's on the channel. He right, live it there. You have to check it out. out. I told him I wanted him to walk around and get like a bunch of people's, you know, just randomly walk up and say, hey, man, what do you think the score is going to be? It'd be cool. But he got a, like a group of five or six people. And as someone said earlier in the live chat, one female fan, Sealer fan, actually predicted the score prior to the game on day oh, wow. so that's pretty you, cool. I thought you said she flashed the, the crowd or something. <laughs> like in the World Series with, with Jared Cole. I thought you know they you know did you ever did you hear about that Jeff that Jared that? Cole got flashed in the World Garrett, Series. Garrett Cole got flashed in Garrett Washington? Cole, yes he got I flashed. Didn't. Yeah he, he got flashed yes <laughs> yes he did you don't have to look on Twitter or YouTube or something yeah he got flashed absolutely there video, there's video of it yes yes he got <laughs> he got he he got flashed by by two female uh nat fans I believe um through yeah, a strike too so yeah so, <laughs> so were they so, were they behind the home plate yes they were <laughs> yes yes he yes they were he threw a strike too Good. and the funny thing about it was the one young lady had her top up for like seemed like a minute and it was like the other young lady was like i don't know if i'm gonna do this uh, i don't know if i'm gonna do this so she literally left her friend hanging before she <laughs> before before she joined in uh and to the joker on the live chat yeah just call me ray blasterio because he said there i look like a black ray mysterio so ray blasterio that's right the new character if they keep winning this keeps coming out and we keep getting likes. Yes. So let's talk about what's coming up because with a short week, it is kind of like a log jam in terms of our shows, especially tomorrow, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, we will have the Steelers hangover that typically airs earlier in the day, probably like five 30 or six. And then Dave will be on tomorrow night in his normal spot for, excuse me, the Steelers stat geek. And then Wednesday, Lance and I will be back on for the standards of standard and everything else will be business as usual for once a one o'clock game. I'm ex super excited for this one o'clock game. I'm so sick and tired of staying up so late. They've already played in, I think four primetime games in seven games so far this year. It's just been a drain. So um, there you go. The Steelers win. They moved to three and four on the season. And now we get ready for the Indianapolis Colts to come to town in week nine. And we will have all of that for you both on behind the steel curtain.com and here on our podcast platform and on YouTube search BTSC Steelers radio. Don't forget like the video, subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss any of our shows. And Lance, why don't you go ahead and send us off before we get out, before I send you guys off, I want to dedicate this program to the memory of my cousin, Kyle Wilson, who passed away 11 years ago today. Um, due to a spinal injury that he received playing football. I don't know if you guys remember it. It was a pretty big story in Pittsburgh at the time. He played football for Central Catholic, um, and he got hurt in a football game and passed away uh, later on that week. Into in, uh, This is sort of like, the you know, I think the 11th year um, um, since he passed away. Um, you know, if you guys look it up, look up Kyle Wilson, Central Catholic, you know, you'll get the information about it. But with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We will see you next Sunday for another episode of the Steelers Postgame Show.